I see. You think you can just bring anyone on the show with you, huh? Damn, we're live. I asked and you ignored me, so I sent him the invite. Oh, did you ask? Yeah, good. I didn't. Oh, yes, of course, bring Facundo. Of course. (laughs) I assume that was your answer. Forgive me. I like the way you've just moved just to the side enough. Facundo framed it so I can just look at Rich the whole show. Rich Sr., that is. What's up? Good afternoon. Yes. Oh, how can you, are you guys in the same room? Can you guys see each other? Nope. Oh, where, how close are you guys? Um, I'd say 50 feet. And, and separated by, by like doors and walls and hallways and stuff. So this used to be our former conference room mm-hmm. and now it's part of the shop. And, uh, Brian is sitting on the conference room where actually generally you have the podcast with Rich. Yeah. What's what, uh, um, God, Rich is such a needle mover. Every time he comes on the show, it's just crazy what it does to the show and the numbers. What? What are are they doing a podcast at Mayhem, or they stop doing that? They are going to start again. They have stopped doing it last year because we didn't have enough time to do that. They, that's very time consuming, as you well know, Sevan. So, I do. Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, I think that they're going to start doing it very soon, with your permission. No, you, I, not my permission. Absolutely not. Hey, Facundo, is there um is there good drama around the podcast? Like people like who just are like they stand around the door and they're like, uh, you know, maybe I should be on it sometime. Or like, you know, some guy wants to be on it. And no one wants to have that guy on it. Like you just see every time like it's 10 a.m. and Tyler Christopher is standing by the door. So what are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, I think that Brian already knows Mayhem very well as to answer that question. Yeah, are the people just jockeying Rich to uh, get on the show? But you know, it's just it's just the him and Ellie show, and it's like, yo, everyone else back the fuck off. And there's an interesting dynamic here. Everyone has their own uh, the way that they fit in. Here's what I think. Here's what I would be doing the whole time if I was at Mayhem. I'd be pre- trying to pretend like I was cool, but didn't care what where Rich was or what he's doing. But I'd always be within ten feet of him, but just acting like I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Oh, Rich, what are you doing here? <laughs> I, think yes? we, I think that we all spend so much time with Rich that, um, you know, we do our own thing. Uh, but he's here and he's a super fun guy to be, a, a guy to be around uh, with. So when he's here, we enjoy his company. And actually, he has a very um, structured way. He's having his breakfast in the coffee store every day at the same time. So if you want to run into Rich you know, to come at that time at the coffee store and he's going to be there. Oh, that's cool. I wonder if there's people who've been going there like three years and they've never seen him. Like they don't even believe he's real. He's like Snuffleupagus. You know what I mean? Are you sure Rich works out here? What surprises me is that people, you know, foreigners from Europe or from South America that said, oh, we were on the the area and we came to see if Rich was around. Oh, really? Where where were you? We were in New York. So we drove back down here. (laughs) Bro, but that's like many hours. Yeah, I know. But, you know, maybe Rich is here and sometimes he's here and it's a bit of a, you know, they get very nervous and stressed instead of going and say, hey, Rich, I'm a big fan or whatever they want to say. Start like, and they don't dare to take the picture and after 10 hours drive. So (laughs) to ask for a picture at least. Some many years ago, I don't remember what the number was, but it was thousands of dollars. Someone told me that they told the people at their gym that they were going to 
go to pass by Cookville. Actually, I think they drove like 90 miles out of the way to Cookville just to um, stop at Mayhem. And they had collected money from all the people at their gym to buy shirts. And it was like in the thousands of dollars. And they stopped there just to buy shirts for everyone at their gym. I was like, that is awesome. That still happens, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's so freaking cool. That was uh, the last time I was here was 2015, and it was something like that. I I actually didn't even really know where Cookville was in Tennessee, but I was driving from my grandmother's house in Johnson City, which is in the Northeast, all the way across the state to make my way back down to Texas, and I saw a sign for Cookville. So I was like, you know what? I might as well drop in, see if I can work out there, and I did, and bought a bunch of shirts for my friends, and that was eight years ago. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's about when I heard the story, and it probably still happens every day. I can can I want to buy stock in Mayhem, in the Mayhem Empire? Is there a Mayhem Empire shirt? No, no, I, I, I you know, we are working hard. I don't know. I don't think we have an empire. Empire, uh, yeah, an empire yeah. shirt. Put that. Who who designs the shirts? Who can I talk to? You're not the right guy, Facundo. No, certainly not. You You're to- too humble for a Mayhem Empire shirt. Yeah, no, exactly. And I will not be deserving enough. No. The, you know Dre, Dre Som, uh, our champion, former champion, 2018, no, 19, sorry. Uh, he's still uh, the designer of most of our shirt, T-shirts. So he's, uh, he's very talented. I'm going to DM him. Yeah, you can. He doesn't have Instagram. He so doesn't? He doesn't, know. I, I wow. Know. He's the only guy, work, person working at Mayhem that does not have an Instagram account. I thought that he did have it. I thought they tagged him on something the other day. Is he a Scientologist or uh, or like a Jehovah Witness or, or uh, Amish? Like, what the fuck's wrong? What's up? What's he no, doing? I, I, no, I don't know. I think he's uh, he's he's just Dre. You know, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> no, he 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 uh, he's just like that. He's hobby. Um, Manny Serrano. I, I I had a few drinks with Manny in Newport uh, going a, a year or so ago. Uh, Facundo, I keep celebrating Argentina and Messier's World Cup. Congrats. Um, I, me too. Me too. I mean, it's funny, you know, I was telling uh, Brian the other day, I was in Argentina uh, for the uh, World Cup. And uh, during the match between Argentina and Netherlands, people, we, we rented an Airbnb and people up in the floor above us start jumping and the ceiling came down on us. <laughs> we just saw, we were sitting watching the match. I can show you a picture. We were, we were watching the match with uh, one of my athletes and she's from Spain and she was like, oh, that's a weird noise. And it, it, it sounded like, like they move a table, right, from, from above. And like 30 seconds later, she started crying. It's cracking, it's cracking up. And we saw a massive crack on the ceiling, like running through and we jump. And I really believe that, you know, I thought, well, this is it. You know, what, had a great life. Yeah, let me see the picture. Uh, but uh, I'll, but um I uh, I need to wear my glasses. Sorry, I mean I want to be decent for the camera, but I will not be able to see anything without the glasses. Um, Facundo, okay. one year uh, at the uh, CrossFit Games, this is when it was in LA. Uh, one of my staff members uh, got s- at the after party got so dr- wow. Let me see that. So, holy shit! I was sitting on the great couch, and Rita was sitting on the sofa. And she starts shouting, you know, it's falling apart, it's falling apart. And we jumped. I mean, it doesn't look so bad in this picture, but it looks you, pretty bad, dude. It looks pretty bad. When you see a massive crack on the ceiling opening, you didn't know, you don't know whether it's the whole building falling on you with yeah. people there. 
Yeah. Or it's just, uh, you know, a part of his, the, the, the ceiling. But yeah. Um, thank you for the 499. Anyways, Manny. Uh, Jonathan Ortega. Uh, hola, Facundo. Hola. hola, Jonathan. What do you think about... I want to tell you the story about uh, Carson real quick. But first, I want to ask you is, what do you think about the... Is, is if, if I see someone and I think they're Mexican, is it okay to say hola to them? Uh, just like, like just around Santa Cruz, like I'm in Starbucks and I'm just like, you know, like, I, like, I, like if I saw like some random guy in Starbucks, I might be like, Hey, what's up, dude? Just like a, you know, just ran. But if I look at him and I'm like, yep, that dude's name is definitely Paco. I should be like, hola. I'm, I, I think Spanish people are amazing. Latin American people too. are amazing. I would, I would be happy if somebody speaks to me in Spanish. So I'm not sure why would somebody get upset to be mistaken with a Mexican. We right. had half Mexican here this weekend, a guest of our camp. He's one of my favorite people that I have to met recently. And uh, I think he's going to be a mayhem athlete someday. I mean, <laughs> Brian, do you, do you guys have an age limit on how old someone can be when they come in? He's going to be old by the time he gets to you. Like, sorry, your window closed. It's like the military. If you're over 25, we don't take you. No, no. We had 17 masters this year at the games. We, okay. We, we don't do that. Jason Grubb. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So there was this employee that worked for me and, um, she got wasted at the after party that, that uh, CrossFit would throw. I think it was in Carson. I think it was LA. Yes. It was, it was at that Marriott there. And so that night she went up into her hotel room and she started a bath and she climbed into the bath and she fell asleep in there. And a couple hours later, she hears banging on her door and it's security and she had passed out in the bathtub and the bathtub had overflowed and started draining floors down many, many floors down. And it was $30,000 damage to her hotel room. I signed off on it and eh, whatever. <laughs> it's only, it's only, it's only 10 affiliate fees for a year, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just pay that shit. You don't fire someone for that, right? One, one fuck up drunk in the, in the bathtub. Oh no, at least at least you need to have three of them. On the yes. fourth, then you can considering, but everybody should be free to, you know, Miranda. <laughs> no, it was not Miranda. She, uh, she never worked for me. I don't think she ever worked in the media department. Um, but 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 I but I think if I worked for Miranda now, I think she'd give me a pass. <laughs> so, uh, Brian, are you tired? doing some media now? I am exhausted, yes. He looks a little tired. You know what? I was going to ask him if he's been drinking. His eyes look a little puffy, but his eyes look a little puffy. <clears throat> I'm exhausted. Yeah. Super. Tough. You don't look bad. You don't look bad. You just look vulnerable. <laughs> I mean, I'm, this, I'm here with two of my two of my good friends, so not upset about that. Hey, so what happened? Why are you tired? Uh, just working out 24 hours a day? No, but it was a lot more uh, volume in four days than I would usually do. And uh, it's it's Saturday there, and it's three thirty for you guys. Three twenty. Two twenty. Okay, and 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 why and why are you tired? You stayed out late last night and got up early this morning, or? No, I've gotten a lot of sleep, and uh, but we did you know another big workout this morning. Just tired. <laughs> He's, the volume here seems to be uh, catching up on Brian. I thought Facundo was throwing me an alley oop right there. I thought he was like Brian, you look tired. <laughs> like get him Sevon. No, I'm not no, even no, close. No, no, no. no? He, he trained. He trained. 
he I, I'm very surprised and very proud of him because he did like 95% of the work we did in the last days. Mm -hmm. No, I would say less than that, but I'm ge being generous. <laughs> and um, uh, and he 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 man up and he you know he's been working up with the big shots here with the big dudes with the big girls too strong girls and mostly uh, with the girls mostly with the girls but strong girls you know in any case have you been jumping in with the girls like trying to keep up with some of the girls yeah uh almost all the workouts i would do the women's weights or the women's calories um and but in terms of uh like partner work work to rest some with the guys some with the girls and, and is there any do you have it have you beat anyone there in any workouts it wasn't really a competitive atmosphere in that regard uh at least that's how they communicated it up front i think some of the athletes were a little bit competitive with each other at times but my main objective was to make it through all four days of training and i kind of tried to make sure to approach every session and every set within every workout do you think you beat bailey rail in any workouts this week <laughs> uh maybe on like some of the like intervals on machines no shit i don't know it's hard to tell but um i know like on a, the the first conditioning piece we did i was next to i think Brittany weiss the entire time and our paces were very right. similar <laughs> that's good you must be proud of that that's crazy i mean <clears throat> I don't know. There's a lot of factors in play, but uh, I, you know, I'm taller and heavier than the women, so I think on the machines I should be okay. Yeah, but you're just a normal human. I'm a normal human. That's right. Um, have you gone in the pond over at uh, Rich Seniors? No, it's very cold here. It's very cold. Does that pond freeze ever, Facundo? No, it doesn't freeze, but it gets very cold. Like. Well, to be honest, maybe it does. I'm not sure. I have never, I, I've never seen frozen. But, maybe uh, I should have gone in there before that this to wake myself up. Well, we still have a couple of hours. You know, it's just going to be dry from here. <laughs> hey, um, have you played frisbee golf with him, Facundo? With Brian? Have you Have you guys gone out and played any frisbee golf? He went yesterday. He didn't invite me. He He what? said he was going to work and for a nap, and I was here working. And then he came back, and he was with all his, you know. No, mm -hmm. he. You were hosting that skill, that optional skill session of. And I thought that was very valuable for some of the athletes. So, But not for you. It would have been very valuable for me, but it was 65 degrees. I brought all my discs on this trip, and I hadn't used them yet, so I had to go play. Did they have a course there? Yeah. They got a good course. They do? Yeah, it's a college oh, yeah. town. Of course they do. There are a couple nine-hole courses, including one at Tennessee Tech, but this course is just in a park in the northwest side of town. Uh, oops, Brian looked insulted about, no, he doesn't get insulted. I don't think Brian gets insulted unless, no, he doesn't get insulted. Really. <laughs> tries his, tries his rich son for those who don't know that. Yeah. He got beat by a four-year-old. How old is that kid now? Four, six, four, eight, six, four. 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 Um, Facundo, it's a, it's official. Um, uh, Roman is, um, part of the mayhem camp now. It is official. Roman is part of the mayhem athletes. Uh, family, and we are very happy to have him here. He's been around. He he has um, a tooth infection, so he's a bit struggling at the moment with that. But he uh, he came a couple of times, and he he's having a, a great time. And, and we are very uh, happy to have him here because he's 
Roman is a very nice person to be around, to have around, and uh, you know, uh, an amazing athlete. So uh, we 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 are cherishing the time we we spending with him here. Um, he in where does he live? Does he live close by? Is he in an apartment? How he has a ha- he he rented a house. It's close by to the well. This is a, this is not a big city. Cookville, you know, everything is five ten minutes drive. Um, and so he he rented a house with uh, his wife, the son, the two two dogs, and uh, he uh, he the whole time here actually at, at Mayhem Training. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say two dogs? Two dogs. Yeah. What? How long has he been I, in the country? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> how long has he been in the country? Well, he came here just before the games, maybe in uh, maybe May uh, last year. So um, I don't know how many months. Twelve. Uh, yeah, he didn't. Months. He did not get the dogs here. He brought them here. Oh, okay. Well, the, the, there you go. Are you fucking kidding me? He they're Russian dogs. <laughs> That's what I've been told. No shit. How, how does that? You come from Russia and then you just pack your dogs up and bring your dog. I guess. I think it was. I think it was difficult to get him here actually, but it was important to him that that he was able to. Well, like I, they were like they get quarantined. I can imagine that it was more complicated to get the dogs a visa than Roman because yeah. to get a, to get a, a dog into the states it's it's not easy. Um, uh, Sevan ask. Uh, uh, Philip Borowski. Borowski. Sevan asked Roman to come. Thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Facundo. Uh, Sevan asked Roman to come on the podcast. You can ask him about that. I did, and he was gonna come on, and then and then he uninvited himself. But I think uh, it, I think it was just I think I just have to invite him again, right, Facundo? For sure. But as I said before, he's even tra- struggling this week with his with his tooth, tooth. So he you know, he's not doing. Very well. Uh, hopefully, next week is going to be better. He has a bad tooth. Yeah, it's fine. He 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 wrote back to me in the um, DMs. He said, "I said, well, thanks for responding, and, and we'll try again later." And he wrote back, "No problem." But when I read it, I read it in Russian. I hear it in a Russian accent. No problem. Like like Ivan, like Drago and Rocky. No, I must break you. The first morning that he showed up, he walked in, and uh, he he looked at Facundo and he said, "Facundo." I'm ready. Let's go. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. The business. Ryan. Yeah, he doesn't. He just comes in and wants to get the work done. He he does. You know, many people here take the time, the, the mobility, they prepare themselves, have their coffee, and Roman is like, okay, let's go. And, and that uh, first, uh, the first workout that we did, it was uh, sets of GHDs and rope climbs and wall balls, and it was it was intimidating watching his pace. Just being there. Just what? Yeah. Like he was with Augustine Riquelme and they, uh, they lapped us. <laughs> um, Jake, Jay Crouch had like, like someone put mushrooms in his food after working out with Roman. <laughs> he, you could tell that he was like uh, physically inspired uh, by that team between him and Willie Georges. Jay Crouch was like, thought he had died and gone to heaven. He really liked, and he told a funny story you know, before the show started, Facundo, uh, before the event started, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Brian or John Young was like, dude, Jay Crouch is world class at muscle ups. And then we interviewed Jay Crouch afterwards and he's like, yeah, I wanted to do the, uh, we all wanted to do the muscle ups and sets of five. And Roman's like, no, 10. <laughs> and they're like, no, five. <laughs> yeah. 
I would say that Roman is a guy that enjoys much more competition than training. You know, yeah. I, I work with athletes who love the process of training, spending time in the gym and talking and, you know, even doing the fitness part. And I, I feel that Roman is a guy that really does that just for being able to go to compete and achieve mm. what he wants to achieve. It's really, you know, pure work for him. Uh, I'm sure that if he could, you know, not come from time to time, he will gladly stay home. Uh, and, with uh, the dogs. With the dogs and his son. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it's going to be a good year for him. He's, he's, he feels very well. He feels very happy. He's, um, he feels that he's, now his mind is solely uh, occupied in training and his you know, fitness and his skills. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully uh, this year he shows what he's able to do. Hey, is, oh shit, that's great. Wow. Hey, dude, that his neck's going to be hurt. You got to push him up against a wall or something. Is that chair on wheels? Is that poor Patrick Clark? Why is he so tired? Tell him to do this. He's good. He's all right. No, that's going to asphyxiate himself. Hey, uh, um, how about this, Facundo? Um, is Guy there? He's here. Man, there. Um, did did Guy shit the bed at? Um, what happened to Guy? Did Guy shit the bed? There was all we were speculating. He had a rough day, and then he had a great lift, and then and then he ended strong, right? He ended strong at Wadapalooza. Yeah, yeah the second day was really good. There were these there were these questions that like my interpretation, but my interpretation is that you don't have to sugarcoat it. Go for it. What did they was, say? was he just sitting around doing blow and fucking bitches in Brazil or what? Like, what was he doing over there? Like, yeah, uh, he like what he just the speculation was is that he just came there without un, unprepared, that he just rolled in off the street, like just scratching his nuts, threw on a shirt and got in the mix. Well, not true. OK, but, good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he was home. He was he was dealing with some some family stuff, some personal issues, uh, nothing negative. But, you know, he was busy doing something else life life like everybody else have and um he was still training maybe not with you know the dynamic that we have here because here we just live for that so we just train but you know sometimes i feel as a coach that it just that it doesn't work like okay competition time three to one go and then you are your peak some people you know get a little bit time a, bit, a little bit of time to warm up to the competition mode I think that the first day he might not have felt very inspired. I, he was not fully, fully healthy, which is not an excuse, but he was not feeling I can give the best of myself today. So I think he, he was a little bit uh, holding back. And uh, I was thinking he went to bed and he realized, okay, man, I'm here. We better, you know, make it happen, make it work. And uh, he, he had a very good second day. I think that the handstand walk, the handstand uh, hold, was a bit of a, an accident, a problem, but otherwise he would have had quite good uh, overall uh, placements on, on the second day. Is, is 395 a, a PR clean and jerk farm? Apparently, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. And did he express any concern about the environment that he was doing it in, that he was sandwiched between a hard rock and a and a eight ball or a rock and a whatever that's kitchen sink, however that saying goes? Look, uh, 
for that, Guy is very clever. He's very aware of what his, what his body is up to do with a barbell on every given day. So I think he warmed up, he saw where his strength was, and he went for it. And uh, it, it, it worked out well, very well for him. Very well. There was, there's, I mean, people, the, I mean, the, the jackasses in the chat where I hang out were like, he can do 4,000 pounds. He should have gone for 400. And I'm like, dude, he just did 395. Like what, like what did we just sandwiched in between the railing crowd on two sides of him, and then people lifting all around him. I mean, it was, I mean, it was the kind of environment where Daniel Brandon would punch someone if they got that close to her. You know what I mean? Like while she's lifting. Yeah, no. And you would think that Guy would have some of that, being that he's so good at lifting, you know, like have some sort of crazy ritual or prima donna shit. Nothing can be in his eyesight. And he's just sandwiched in there on the side of the cage doing 395. I mean, were you blown away? I was blown away. No. No, okay. No. But uh, I was blown away with how he swam. He swam very well. It was a good worker for him. And, uh, you know, yeah, I I was surprised that he was able to have such a bad day, go to bed and wake up with a completely different mindset and was ready to say, okay, I'm not going to let what happened yesterday, you know, uh, happen today once more, or I need to change my whole thing. And, you know, honestly, it's not very easy to do that. Many, we know of many athletes that go to the games, whichever, whichever competition with a lot of, um, uh, you know, self-confidence. And after one bad, two events, one bad day, they never recover. And we all said, yeah, well, you know, when things don't go their way. And it, it is a good skill to be able to, you know, sleep, wake up, change everything and and go and, you know, do whatever you have to do. I'm trying to find the Wadapalooza leaderboard. Hey, he 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 had to deal with medical the first uh, day twice. We saw medical with him twice. As a matter of fact, after one of the events by the bay in the alleyway where the w- – on the right side of the stage where the athletes come and go, everyone had left and he was actually just lying in the alleyway, kind of like cockeyed with medical around him. I think I saw someone pour water on his head. Brian. I just I wanted to work that. in the, t- the word cockeyed, by the way, that was great use of that word. Thank you. Mr. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Celebrating my word. Uh, I didn't know that, but, the, I know the first two workouts were very difficult, and I think I'm not entirely sure what happened in the first workout, but I think that's uh, physically his body wasn't responding as he was expecting it to. <clears throat> so maybe just you know um, wanted to make make sure everything was okay, so he got some attention from those guys. That's what they're there for. No, 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 it wasn't like that. I'm telling you, he was laying down in a spot where you don't lay down unless like you like. Well, that's the first that, that I've heard of it. So, okay, back to you, Facundo. Facundo, don't throw ants. Don't don't throw. He's only five six, and you threw him an alley oop. Brian couldn't dunk that one. He's a three point <laughs> shooter. Through pass to the outside. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have Brian here uh, this weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you about fucking Gee's collapse. I know. Just, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I wasn't I there. I, I didn't go to Miami this year. So you I, weren't there. Wait, you weren't there. No, I was not there. Oh, that's right. You had to choose one, Mayhem or Wadapalooza. Exactly. So um, uh, I chose Mayhem. and uh, But I, I, I mean, of course. That was a no-brainer, though, right? 
I mean, this is home for me. This is my second home. I, I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy it here very much. Most of my friends are here. And we, I was very um, excited to start the 2023 season with this camp with our athletes, uh, to talk to them, to see what they were up to, what their plans were for this year, and to set out some guidelines for the training. And that's what uh, I came to do. And it went, uh, I'm happy on, on the result. I can't. Uh- I can't find fuck. I can't. I, I don't even know how to do the leaderboard. I am just a ding dong. Ask one question. I'll send it to you. I I, I, I'm here. Um, what is this camp, uh, Facundo? Is this like a? Is this is this time of year always the time of year that you guys do a camp, or is this kind of just like? Uh, spur of the moment like what 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 brought all these people together i think it was a good time after with Apalusa to you know to meet and talk to our athletes and say well guys what are you up to what are your goals some people want to go team some people want to go individual some people really uh, want to work with specific aspects of their training and uh, for us it's very important to have the space of dialogue with our athletes and you know and start the season uh, as it should somehow. So it was more like a, like a gathering, like let's meet in Cookville and, and have a talk. They are some South, South American athletes that came, Brazilians, Argentinians, <laughs> from uh, Uruguay, from Chile. Uh, as anybody knows, it's my biggest uh, pleasure to be able to uh, the Latin America. Don't break anything, Brian, please. The Latin American uh, CrossFit world. Uh, and yeah, so it was just that it was just a, a get together and uh, start training for this season. And is it, is it, uh, you let them know a month in advance, like, Hey, you guys are going to be here for, you guys are traveling from all over the world. You might as well, if you can stay an extra five days, yeah, come I out mean, to Cookville. Some people came to Guadalajara. Uh, so, and then it was kind of a, 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 maybe a, a right time to say, why don't we spend some days after that in, in Cookville? Right. Okay. And it's not necessarily, so what I'm hearing from you is it's not necessarily a training camp. It's a time for you and the other coaches to get some face time with your, uh, with your athletes. Exactly. Okay. I like that. Um, so, so we're looking at Gee. He got a 20th, a 36th, a 10th. Just click on his name. Oh, I can do that. Shit. I lost him. (laughs) Okay. Zoom uh, back out. Hey, <laughs> he, he got he got a a twentieth, a thirty sixth, a tenth, a twenty sixth, and then and then a first, and now and that was at the end of day one, right? I think that the first was the big, the first event of the second day. Oh, okay. And then he got a thirty sixth, a fifth, and a fourth, and a twelfth. So all of a sudden, he just started kicking asking. And that thirty sixth, as Brian taught me, doesn't really count in the big scheme of things, because it's probably, he's probably four seconds away from sixth, right? Cause it's, it was such a short time domain. Exactly. So you can't No, That's the, uh, that's the handstand hold on the parallettes. Oh, so it's one, that was 1.5. That's a second and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Poor <key. laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, I but still irrelevant but kind of what, in judging his health. Second, if you're looking at the second day of competition and you take the other four workouts are, are certainly workouts that you could definitely see show up in any given competition. And fifth, you know, fifth, fourth, twelfth, and first is a very good day of competition. 
All right. Uh, and and when, when is Guy now in? Uh, so prior to Wadapalooza, Guy was in um, the great country of Brazil. And now is he in at Mayhem for good until the games? Exactly. He, until semifinals. Well, oh, because then he has to go back there and to compete. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I would assume he'd keep he would go to to, uh, to Brazil for maybe ten days, depends on the weather, before uh, Copa Azul, and then he's going to fly immediately back to uh, to uh, to Cookville to prepare himself, if that's the case, to the CrossFit Games. I want to have a very um. Oh, okay, that's great. So, so okay, so we're gonna get another look at him for the open, and and he, he, this, the water plus was just to knock the rust off a of gi, some Brazilian rust. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, obviously he'll do the open in the quarterfinals. <clears throat> he'll go to the semifinal in South America, and and we still won't know the, how good he is because it's the semifinals in South America. Yeah, the next big benchmark for him will be the CrossFit Games. He's had two top ten finishes the last two years. He took a small step backwards last year in terms of the overall rankings. I don't think he wants to do that again from what the time I've spent with him here. He's been very straightforward about the fact that he's, uh, you know, setting himself up this year to try to focus on the things that he feels have helped held him back the most. He has a lot of uh, intentional parts of his training that are built towards that. And we'll, and I, but I don't think we'll really know until the CrossFit games come around. Um, okay. Let's have three very honest uh, conversations. Okay. Very difficult, but very honest. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, what's the champ's name? Justin. 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 Okay. Uh, number one. This is the easy one. This one's hard for you guys to be honest about. Then we're gonna have a tough. We're gonna have a long hour. Um. No, Noah. Noah. Um. F- fuck that lift all up. He 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 he, he tried for a clean and he tried for was it a clean oh he was going for an overhead squat number or? three rep overhead squat and I saw him the next day at his gym and he was still feeling very bad about that yeah let's make him feel worse for it what the fuck is going on that is like one of the most seasoned capable that if, if someone would have told you six years ago that guy's gonna win the CrossFit Games no one would bet against it I mean there's he was always a fucking threat I mean are you guys how does that happen? Why didn't he just what, – what What do you think happened? You you could be just one of the greatest ever. I mean, he's the top 10 best ever of all time to do it, right? It, it Sometimes it just happens. I mean, I, th- I think he felt very confident with the first lift. When you only get two lifts and you miss the first one, things change quite a bit. And I saw that happen to many athletes over the course of the 12 heats. Some of them ended up backing off to a very conservative number just to get something on the board. And, and I think he felt confident that with the second attempt that he would get the new weight that he chose. And I, I quite frankly, I think he was shocked that he didn't. I think he was totally shocked. He looked like he had seen a ghost both times. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> uh, Fagundo, I mean, if you're, what would you tell do you, do you, as a coach, do you tell your guy after he fucks up the first 325, even if you've seen him do 375, do you be like, hey, dude, just do 300? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'll, I'll try to create situations during the training period in which athlete is able to make clever, clever decisions when that's the case. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I think that these things are 
spoken before between coach and athlete. Uh, but I mean, it happened many times. I remember at the games, uh, remember, um, Zeban, we used to work together in 2014, the swim event, and immediately. No, no, you are so far below me, then I wouldn't have even talked to you. Don't ever say we worked no. together in 2014, please. Yeah, maybe you said give me coffee, that's fine. Yes, yes. Uh, all my coffee's cold. Yes. But um, uh, I, there was a 3RM uh, overhead squad event at the game after the, the, the swim, and many people felt confident on the first lift, and then they fail all the following lifts. Some people never get a lift. Uh, I remember Jordan Trojan just won the swim event. Oh, and then that's he right. He didn't score anything at all, and he kept using the same weight, going up, back, and down with the weights. So it, it, and they got three tries, right? Is that what you said, Facundo? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, uh, Annie almost fucked that up too, right? Yeah, and I think that well, then then Rich, I think Rich tied with Fraser, and then he wanted to put four hundred, and he failed. And but it was you know, was it Fraser? Or was it Hackenbrook? No, it the was three of them, the three of them were going back and forth. Hackenbrook went for four hundred and missed it. Uh, Fraser and Froney ended up tying on that event. I think that it was Jeff Evans actually who was three seventy-five oh. or seven, and then if, if I remember correctly. But anyways, yeah, I mean, it is important that an athlete face those situations in training. So you know, it comes very natural for him to decide in competition what's the most clever thing to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a pity. And I know I such a great did, did guy. Did he give you a reason when you spoke to him, Brian? Like when you said he was feeling bad? Like, did he say my shoulder hurt or I don't know what happened? Or I didn't. I didn't really pursue it. He was, like I said, pretty <clears throat> sad about it. And Facundo, that that event, Fraser and Froning had three hundred seventy-seven pounds. Hackenbrook three seventy-six. Jeff Evans three seventy-five. Yeah. Thank Crazy. You. Oh, and I remember they were playing that game. They were looking at each other and, and fiddle. I think Tommy Hackenbrook started it, like fiddling with his weights, like, fuck you guys, I'm going to get you. Because he was going first every round relative to them, and he did. He definitely put 400 on the bar and tried to get it overhead, but he was unable to complete the lift. Hmm. Uh, okay, fair. Noah, we love you, Noah. Uh, it, Tia Claire Toomey. What, what a... Uh, absolutely remarkable uh human being we'll never know really who she truly is until she comes on this podcast and let me do a full examination of her uh, uh with all of my medical tools but until then we must speculate um with her gone what types of things does it do to the women's field uh, if anything, but, but I have to assume even the people who are acting like, no, it's no big deal. I'm still going to work my hardest anyway. I'm, I'm guessing it, it does something. It has to like, she's like, oh, it's, it's, it's open now. It's doable. Especially for someone like Annie, think of the mindset no, Annie's in. Annie's like, fuck man, I can, I can be like, I, I know she's a two times champion, but now with Tia gone, it's like, okay. I, I really might be able to do this. I just got to deal with Laura and Mal. Well, one thing that, you know, you've, you have actually brought up a couple of times is that if the, the defending champion or the multiple time defending champion steps aside, it can be encouraging because you can say, okay, there's an open spot at the top, but it can also be deflating because sometimes the pursuit is to try to beat the best. And now the best isn't there. You know, you've, you've, you've been the one who's talked about this in the past. And so now it's like, well, even if I win this year, 
Would I have won if she was there? Like that. Oh yeah, everyone's. We're all going to say it. By the way, let's just be very clear now. Does if you win the games this year, we get where everyone's going to be like, yeah, but if Tia was here, you still get the check. But we're all going to say. So and so mentally, if you're someone, and I would say this is probably more likely the case for someone like Laura, who's been on the heels of of Tia for four or five years now, than Mal, who's just recently entered into the the conversation as the two women that seem to be most. Uh, most likely to win this year at this point that she could, you know, for Laura, Tia might be that thing that she was chasing since 2018 Mm. and then to do it again in 2021 and be close and to think like, am I narrowing the gap? Am I doing everything that I can? And now this year she, she might, she doesn't get to answer that question this year. Now she has to refocus and say, okay, the new target is now the only person who beat me last year. And it's a different target that I've been chasing for four years. So she has to deal with that shift of a mindset, I think. I think for Mal O'Brien, it's a little different. Um, but I think for pretty much everyone beyond those those two, it's it's. Uh, I think it should be very motivating to say, like, you know, there's a big chance for me to make a breakthrough in my career this year. And I think that that would be the advice I would give to any of them is to focus more on on the opportunity for them personally and not worry about who who is or isn't in the competition. Mr. Facundo, any thoughts? I agree. I told him everything he knows. No, no. <laughs> I can, I, Facundo, I'll, I'll throw add this to it then, the mix. There's two athletes that I think of in particular that uh, uh, when I think of Haley Adams and Danielle Brandon, I think of it for two separate reasons. I think Danielle Brandon probably sees Tia gone, and my thought just looking from the outside, not that she thinks this way, is uh, her window is not very big, and it's fucking do or die. Like at at like at all costs, be the best fucking performer now while this fucking bitch is out of the way because now is when I got a fucking strike. And for Haley Adams, it's like, wow, I'm the greatest fucking female crossfitter ever, and no one knows it because I have this fucking hole. And if I can fix this hole and take that spot while T is gone, I might start building my legacy now. And so when I see those two, I get like what like I, I just feel this pressure for them. It's time. It's like and, and what do I know? Maybe they've been trying 120 percent the whole time anyway. Or maybe maybe Haley has a gummy bear habit and it's time to quit. Like she just pops THC gummy bears every night before she goes to bed. And it's like, all right. Look, the, the only thing that I can tell you about that is I think I, and I hope and I think that this year people are going to see a very different Haley and the former years. I'm not saying that she has not that she has gone much stronger or less strong, whatever. But her overall um, mindset towards competition and of herself and her achievements has changed for the better. And I think that that will have an effect on her performance at the games this year. Just a personal um, appreciation on, on 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 her on her work so far this season. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to see her. But I, you know, on the other hand, I, seen, I think that there are a couple of artists that they are not very well known that have a chance this year to show, uh, you know, a, a, a great performance and, and be in the top five, top 10 of the CrossFit Games. And we've been talking with Brian every single time. I'm, I'm taking Brian every day to Crackle Bar for breakfast. He's been having a lot of calories, like a lot. You think you're manipulating him like uh, like he's an outside – he thinks you guys are friends, but you just see him as an outside journalist and uh, 
and you're just manipulating him to write nice things about your athletes? Is that what oh, I he, he doesn't. He No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I think that um, Brian is far too honest for, for that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to replicate it, but uh, yesterday he said to reach something that I would not have dared to say in his face. Uh, so, uh, is it because is it was it like that autistic gene in Brian that said it, or does Brian know that he's pushing rich, or is it just just some little lack of social it's awareness, or it's both? I mean, I cannot repeat it, but uh, why not? What did you say to him, Brian? I think. You know, <laughs> there's a private conversation, but Rich appreciates authenticity. He doesn't yeah, want to that's bullshit true. with him. That's and true. So if he doesn't agree, he'll let you know he doesn't agree. Maybe it's just a look that he'll give you, but he's he's not going to be upset if you're being honest. All right. If you say so. By the way, I told Rich that I was coming and he says uh, to say hello to you, Sevan. Oh, thank you. Did he really say that? Did he really say that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make a note. He didn't say that. Rich said to say hi. <laughs> you just made his day for Kuna, yeah, whether it's true yeah, or not. Yeah. <laughs> Look um, at that smile. He's like a five-year-old kid. I, I'll say something really superficial here, too, which is very unlike me. Uh, there's this thing about uh, Danielle and Haley. It's just, I'm looking for the comment. Someone said, holy shit, if, if Danielle won the CrossFit Games, can you imagine what that would do to her star power? Those two women right there um, can transcend the space in a way that we haven't seen other women do it. Haley Adams and Danielle Brandon. I don't think people realize yet that we're staring at, uh, and I apologize for anyone who's going to get mad at me for this, but Haley Adams is a supermodel. She got a supermodel face. She got the big old fucking eyes and just that young look. And like, if she starts get if, if, if they discover her outside the space, man, hang on. She is going to fucking catapult. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious when you're around them, Brian, what, what are, are you tripping? Like, is it different than watching them on TV? Like on TV, we watch Bailey rail and she, and Christy O'Rama O'Connell and we, they just look like these skinny little girls. Right. But when you're around Bailey rail, she's not right. You're like, Oh, this is a fucking powerhouse or no. <laughs> I mean, she got like traps and shit. Right. And like the women, I mean, I've spent time around the, the, top athletes to appreciate how big or not they actually are. But it's different when you see them training over a period of a couple of days than when you see them competing. And especially when you watch a competition, like I'm looking at a lot, so many different things that it's difficult for me sometimes to hone in on the details here <clears throat> because there's um, just the way that the, the training is set up. There were times that not everyone was able to go at the same time. So a group of us would go and then another group would go. And so I would really be able to watch some of the athletes a little bit more closely and get some information about just nuances in the way that they approach workouts. And, um, you know, if I'm being honest, like, no, Bailey does, isn't, she, uh, does not seem to be that big. She's actually so quite she looks like, I mean, she kind of looks like a bikini model sometimes when you see her. Yeah, and, then, she, and then she's then, fucking then deadlifting 400 pounds and you're like scratching your head. What? Exactly. Say it again. Then when she starts throwing a sandbag or a barbell around, it's a totally yeah. different story. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell because my baseline's all fucked up. Like I, like just from being around CrossFit girls so much, like people will be like, you know, stop my wife and ask her about her arms or what she does. And like, I, I, I don't, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? Cause I watched Wadapalooza for two weeks. It's like, I, do you think that sometimes Facundo, your baseline for what bo the human body should look like has changed in the last five years, 10 yes. years? Yes. I mean, it's yeah. very complicated. I mean, I, uh, Bailey remains kind of a slender girl. Yeah. She's very, very strong and very powerful in her movements too. 
you know, and so, but also Bailey is, is a very technical girl. So she uses a lot of a technical approach to manage weight. Mm. So therefore, you know, it's not just I'm strong and I'm lifting something from the floor the way it comes naturally. She just is very technical. And uh, so she uses that for, for her benefit. So, um, but yeah, she remains, I think that in an average body of a CrossFit girl, she, 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 she looks very slender, very, very, you know, uh, I need to be careful with the words here. No, I think not, I, I, I know, you're slender's right. You, slender's fair. You're not, you were going to say petite, but she's obviously not petite, no, but just no, for a CrossFitter. No, she's a, she's yeah. a tall girl. She's, yeah. she's a beautiful girl. She's, also oh, she was a collegiate golfer. Holy shit! Um, got to get her on the show. You think she'd come on the show? If if Brian Has she been, she hasn't been on the show, right? If Brian asked her, I think there's a chance. All right, good. <laughs> use Brian like that. I'll double your pay this month, Brian. <laughs> um. Uh, what about a Paige Powers and Bailey Rails relationship? I'm getting um, Paige and I were talking about how um, she's a little bit under Bailey's wing and that Bailey's very uh, nurturing to her and maybe even motherly to her. Goes back and forth between motherly and sister. Have you witnessed that, Brian or Facundo, or, or do you see that? In terms of training, they seem to be inseparable. You know, they're then they thrive off of each other. Um, have got plenty of chances to watch them. And I was just uh, even talking with Paige earlier today. I mean, she has a way about her of making things that I know are difficult for her look relatively easy. She moves very well, rope climbs very efficient, sandbag very efficient, rowing, those three in particular that I got to see over the last couple of days. But everything she does is excellent, but it doesn't look exceedingly difficult. It was, it was actually quite impressive. Oh, they, they are very good friends to start with. They've been working here together for working working out together here for more than a year. And, you know, they spend a lot of time. And I think that Paige benefits from the experience of Bailey. Bailey, Bailey went to the game as a team member before. So she's been around for, for, for a while now. And she, she, she's, she's a very clever girl. And uh, I think that Paige profits from her friendship and uh, the experience of Bailey, but also Paige in terms of strength and qualities of competitor. She's, She's been. She's starting to be a very round, well-rounded athlete. So, strength-wise and you know performance-wise, they're quite different. Uh, but they 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 work out very well together, and you know, and you can see the the level of friendship, of companionship they have they have throughout the day. Noah, Tia, Justin, we've arrived. Uh, we just Justin is is starting to get uh, dominant, right? In what regard? He wins. In terms of winning, yeah, he's one of the big the four. I mean, you could say five if you include semifinals. Big events that he's done in the last two years. Obviously, the two years ago he did not win at semifinals, but since then he's won every competition he's entered but he has not won in a dominating fashion. So there's a little bit of a nuance there. If, if you win, um, uh, you, you bunch of fucking ding dongs. The only reason why I sent rich a link is because CrossFit mayhem said to send rich a link. That that's uh, God damn it. Oh, maybe. <laughs> 
That's the only reason. The rest of you ding-dongs, don't tell me what to do. It's my show. <laughs> um, is he uh, – like people like after he wins events there's there's all these uh, uh, pundits who are like well if the, the, he barely won or if the score if the judge or this or that like there's all these ways that you know ricky could have won or or roman could have won but the truth is is like that we're, we're seeing gl- we're seeing glimmers of uh of uh rich froney oh well hey oh thanks for coming dressed appropriately i appreciate it oh hey guys i thought you were coming to help fix fences <laughs> look at that <laughs> no, Rich, I got a question for you. What's that? What has Brian been offensive at all? By the way, that lighting behind you with the light behind you to make you seem angelic, I know what you did. You weren't even working on the fences. Well, They're like, have, Rich, put these fucking gloves there. on. We're going to build your brand right now. That's why you have media people. <laughs> what, what did, um, what, did, and, and thank you, whoever's holding the phone. It's Scott. Scott you, get fi- Scott, you get five. Scott, you get 5% of anything um, we make <laughs> while Rich is on. Oh, what Rich, did what? Did Brian say anything um, offensive while he's been there? Um, I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> he, he told somebody that it would be better off for them to train with a different crew than us. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I didn't even expect that. Yeah. Uh, like, like you're yeah, overtraining them or a, a smaller window to train with said group than with our group. Incredible. And uh, I, I know this is a very sensitive topic, so I'll be very delicate in how I handle this. Uh, was it a boy or a girl? Female. We needed a team member. Wow, and uh, and he said this, and you overheard this, or um, no, no, he offered or, it up apparently. <laughs> it was it maybe it was a trade? Was it a trade? Was he going to send someone from the team that they, he was suggesting this person go to send someone also back to wait, Mayhem, wait, wait, the Mayhem Empire? Brian, do you Rich. want a rebuttal? Rich, I know you would much prefer. A person who's willing to say things uh, behind like, your back I'm that fine. you would also I'm say fine. in your face. I would never want to say something about someone that I wouldn't also say if they were around. <laughs> I'm just giving him crap. No, Brian's been great. Uh, he's a good dude to have around. He's uh, jumped mm-hmm. into every workout. Minus minus one that had too much time between today. He said he didn't want to hurt himself, which I respect too. So letting that ego go. He scaled everything appropriately, numbers-wise, to hit the stimulus. And now, I mean, he's about as smart as they come um, with his analytics, but also with, uh, you know, with his fitness. So, good good dude to have around. Scott, Rich looks young out there. Are you using a filter? <laughs> it's that golden hour. Golden hour. <laughs> Rich, what are you doing? Why, why Can't you make Scott do that? Like, what are you doing right now? We are putting insulators on the fence. Um, we have a couple of Hillary's Highlands that like to venture out pretty regularly. And so um, today when they try to venture out about four or five o'clock, they're going to get met with a little bit of a uh, little jolt of electricity. Okay. So explain to me. So when you say an insulator, that's a wire that's not normally there. That's So the wire, so if you look here, the wires are metal. And uh-huh. instead of coming in contact with this metal T-post, there's a little plastic piece here. 
Okay. Dad's going through on the wood and putting uh, an insulator on the wood as well. Okay. So that the poles won't be like, uh, get the electrical charge. Yeah. Or it won't short it out. Coming in or you're staying over there. It's not going to kill me. Hey, Scott, is that just an iPhone you're holding? Yeah, it's yeah. just my phone. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Would we, uh, would we interrupt? You guys can continue talking. Well, I'm, I'm just curious. What, I'm, so we talked about uh, Noah's um, disaster. The, the three things were that I wanted to bring up was Noah's disaster uh, at, at the event. Okay. Um, hey, what, what do you think happened there? Let's get your two cents. What would you have done if you had two lifts, Rich? Uh, uh, to, you, man, you had two attempts at that overhead squat. He did yeah, 325. No, no. And would you? what would you have done? I mean, the hard part is at any of these events, you warm up at whatever weight and then you've got to wait another 30 or 45 minutes so you got to be smart and at least get a lift in but it's also hard because you want to put on a show so i actually hate when they only give us two or three lifts like if you guys like especially an off-season event where it's really about the show it's not about we're not trying to find the fittest let them lift you know give them 10 minutes to get as heavy as you want like people want to show i think i think sometimes we get too cute with what we're doing and want to make it about us the programming uh, teams and so yeah i mean he screwed up but it is what it is you know like so that's it's, interesting it's, you're an athlete and kind of you see it really uh, even though you've thrown events you're, you're you're giving a strong athlete and fan perspective which is like hey why not just give him 10 minutes and uh and, and let and let and let the guys work and put on a show yeah like that's i mean that's really what we're about especially an off-season event we're not like i said we're not i mean we are trying to find the fittest or best at crossfit but it's really like if it's not fun for spectators to watch then what the hell's the point in doing it we're not gonna be able to keep doing it you know right and if you would have given him a third lift and he and he put up 325 the next time it, it's like yeah of course he did give him give him five or six minutes like is it that big of a deal to give you know make it a 15 minute event each person has five minutes to get as many lifts as they can so um what did you think about um uh geese uh, uh 395 clean and jerk that that kid's just something special man he's uh he's strong he's it just looks good you know like i've seen some some other 395s from crossfitters that um that don't look as pretty yeah we didn't even see where his limit is right we weren't like oh that was close we're like oh shit well, that's the same thing, you know, like they had, what, two lifts? Or, or no, I guess they did have some time to kind of keep going up. No? Barely, though. It was weird. It was yeah. weird. So, I it mean, was weird. I mean, you want to see Gee hit 400 or 395, you know, like give him some time. And uh, I don't know. I just have mixed mixed opinions on all that, really. What uh, What did you think about the proximity of all those guys lifting so close? Do you like that challenge or do you think it's it's also a little weird? I thought it was weird. It's a disaster waiting to happen. Okay, good. Me too. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, I'm okay never... with it from a fan's perspective. I, I, I kind of want to see like Gee tip over and it go into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would look real good for us, right? I mean, I would have a fucking blast. That shit would go viral. I'd probably my video would triple in views, but um, but yeah, but, it, it does look a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah, man. I like. Yeah, we got to start being smart about that, especially like the the lifting and not being able to lift for 40 minutes and then asking somebody to go to a one rep max because they're going to want to, you know, one, you want to put on a show one, you want your teammates, you want the best for your teammates. And so you probably push a little harder than you should have. And you know, it is what it is. Uh, and, and then, and then we talked about uh, Tia being gone, how that's going to affect uh, the women's competition. And, I, and awesome. I guess, pardon me. It's going to be awesome to watch. 
Do, do you think that changes people's mindsets? Like anyone who wasn't giving a hundred percent, only 98% knows that this is the year to tighten all everything up. I don't think anybody out there was only given 98%, but okay. Um, I think it'll be, it'll be cool to see, you know, like there's going to be a little bit more. I mean, not that anybody was, you know, like you're saying half assing it or anything like that, but they, I don't know. It's just going to be fun to watch. Scott, you're a media guy. Scott's the yeah. media guy. So um, let me ask, why have you chosen um, uh, portrait over panoramic? I don't know. You just clicked the link. Oh, <laughs> Rich, Rich, please. I the media even, guys are talking, Rich. Stay in your oh, fucking sorry. lane, please. I can't even figure out how to get this camera flipped. Oh, all right. To be fair. Okay. I'll, I'll go easy on you, Scott. Lose you. I want you to lose your job while your boss is there. Nah, Scott won't lose his job. Scott's. I actually can't. Scott will go any and everywhere without any complaining whatsoever. Scott. Scott has a job as long as he wants a job. He's a good dude. Uh, Scott, what's your last name? Vanderslut. Vanderslut. Oh yeah, we met before. You were in the car. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, I only know you by your last name. I'm very formal. <laughs> That's the only way Facundo knows me too. Uh. And and then and then uh, Rich, the last thing we would just embarked on was, um, there's these guys who are just really good at CrossFit, yeah, and they just find a way to win every fucking year, yeah. And there were these two guys in particular who um who who just found a way to win. Matt and you got, and Rich Fraser. Yes, exactly. You know, you've heard of them. Heard of them. And um. I, I'm I, like, is that what we're seeing in Justin? Like, has Justin just found the way to win? I mean, not just, is he not only a great CrossFitter, but he finds the way to win. Yeah. It's impressive. You know, I, th I think there's a lot, especially earlier days. It wasn't, um, you know, everybody tried to say, Oh, I'm just staying within my lane and doing that. And so I think me and Matt were kind of the first two to like, it's a, it's a sport, you know, it's a game. You're playing a game. There's different things you're doing, different strategy things you're watching. And I think Justin's kind of figured that out and, and learned it pretty early and has done an incredible job with that. I mean, he's fit. He's well-rounded. You know, he's not going to hit any home runs, but um, it's been been great. Yeah. Um, could Can you teach someone that? Could you teach Roman that? Or, or, I think or so. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just really depends. Like, I think – I don't actually know Justin's – sport background i mean i just learned a ton through playing sports and um i always preach that to kids we talked about it this morning like there's just so many intangibles you get by playing sports like team sports uh whatever it is that's what i think you're gonna see and miss with some of these younger crossfitters is none of them really played or um did high school sports and so uh, i hope we don't lose that and um i mean that's one of the one of the things you're supposed to do is go learn and play new sports. So I, I think it can be learned. It, it might be tough, you know, for somebody that's never competed in anything other than CrossFit, but we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, um, do you, uh, I know you guys don't get a chance to talk to Rich very often. Um, do either of you have a question for uh, <laughs> Richard? I really thought they were going to be up here helping us, but I guess not. I'm 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 waiting for his message saying that uh, dinner is ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, Rich. You the man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Good luck Love with the fence. Back. Um, when do you turn it on the electricity? Uh once we get all these insulators on. W will it be today? 
Yeah, probably. Hopefully. And will someone get shocked by it today? I'll send you a video if they do. Please. Do Please. All hey, right. how many minutes are you away from getting it turned on? Uh, it's probably about an hour or so. Oh, we won't be on then. Okay. It would have been great live to like have Scott have to keep cow. his job. Have He's got to touch it. <laughs> no, have Scott touch it. Yeah. No, I turned a cow into it. All right. Perfect. Bye. Later, guys. Thank you. Scott, you demand. Thanks, brother. What a fucking well, special podcast that you get to watch Rich Froning build a fence. I mean, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> I have to go cook. I don't know what I have to say. For uh, Richard, a wife, uh, for Facundo being so patient. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, I've, yeah. Uh, so, um, t- touching to hear uh, Rich acknowledge Justin, right? Like even in that subtle way, like he acknowledged him as like, yeah, he, he's he's figuring it out, and at a very young age. Well, I mean, I think that's what we were about to get around to, and you were alluding to it. If you look at the way that Rich went about winning and the way that Matt went about winning, they look a little bit different on paper. Rich realized, like he was saying there, that this is a sport; it's a game, and my objective is to win the game. And he always seemed to find a way to do that. I think that his performances um, at the CrossFit Games really replicate someone who came from a sports background, where the you know a lot of times the best teams or the best athletes are able to turn it on at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, and that's when they make the big difference and pull away from their closest competitors, and that's what he always did. That's why Rich on Sunday is a thing. Matt had a different mentality. Um, he was sick of losing, and uh, even after he won, he wasn't <laughs> didn't seem to be happy because he hadn't won very many of the workouts. And he wanted to win more and more of those workouts. And so you saw well, the other kind of dominating performance, which is big margins and locking up the victories earlier in the competition. Justin, whether it's because the caliber of the field is better or maybe he doesn't, as Rich alluded to, have the home run potential that some of the, that those two guys did. I mean, Matt's numbers are a little bit skewed, but 29 event wins in his career. Rich has 16 in his career. And then there's a big drop off. The next closest guy in their entire career, when when the games are not, is eight. So if if you're not a guy, who's that? Can, who's that, Brian? Josh Bridges. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> there, wow. And there are more women than men that are over ten events wins. But if you can't uh, if you can't win two to four events every year, then you have to find a way to be really really good. And Justin's the one who's been able to do that. The things I've written about him since he's won the second time are highlighting that that it's consistency and it's a lack of execution errors that have separated him from his closest competitors. In some cases, we have guys coming up this year, particularly Roman and Ricky, who I think are, have not reached their ceiling yet and that they'll build off the confidence that they got from their experience at the games this year. And some of the stuff they've learned at the off season events they've participated in where if, if Justin's able to fend those two guys off again next year, then we're talking about something that's, in my mind, very, very impressive. It won't take away from what he's already done if he can't. But I think that he's dealing with two guys right now who are in the primes of their career and building on that, both mentally and physically, and that Justin will have to take another step forward in pretty much every way if he wants to win a third one this this season. Do you agree with that last statement, uh, Facundo, what he said? I do agree. I do agree. Yeah. 100%. Actually, I told him that five minutes ago. He's just repeating my words. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. hey. 
<laughs> when when you uh, when I hear Rich say that it's a game and it's a sport and I played sports and and like you have to figure it out and like the, the, like just so you guys know for me I don't have no fucking clue what he's saying like that's so abstract I know he knows what he's saying but like for me I just have to be like okay Rich but like I fuck I didn't play any sports I don't even really know what he's saying I, it's just some abstract idea that like okay there's something more going on here than just being the best at working out. You know, I, I think that I always think about it, honestly. And I, I, I always realize my idea is, 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 is it was always very natural for Rich to be the competitor he was. You know, he didn't have to change his life enormously in terms of lifestyle and whatever other elements just to be whoever he was. Uh, he was not following a specific nutrition back then. He was eating what he felt. He didn't have a coach or many, many different things like people do have now. And, you know, Rich would prepare himself, go compete, finish, go back home, have a pizza, watch a movie, and that was it. And, you know, there was a time maybe the sport was pretty much like that. I think that nowadays, um, you know, people are, which is fair too. They're, they're, it's, it's not so natural because the, 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 the demands are, are so extreme now that you need to be able to go out of your normal lifestyle, whatever, to, to be able to abide to those. Right. So um, I think that Rich is like this. It was very natural for him to do what he was doing. It was very natural for him to train the way he was training. And he's a natural born competitor. So nothing changed pretty much for him when he was doing that. He was doing it with a lot of, well, you know, you know very well how he did what he did. Uh, this is an interesting question off topic a little bit. Um, but since he paid money, I must ask it. Uh, Homer, Homer Simpson for five euros. Sevon, did you start the carnivore diet? Uh, I I'd done it before and I really liked it. And I think in the month of March, I'm only going to, I'm going to try just to eat a steak every night or a couple steaks and water. I'm going to try eating a steak every day at six o'clock. I, th I think my wife said she'd do it, help me do it. So I'm going to, and then what does Facundo think about the carnivore diet? Facundo, Facundo. You want to say something about my breakfast, Brian? Facundo. He likes having steak and eggs for breakfast. Side of sweet apples. <laughs> okay. So he, he, he's, a, he's a fan of it. Hunter McIntyre was saying that that's a great way to get lean. Eat as much meat and apples. Just eat apples and meat. I, I mean, we're talking about fried apples, which is not maybe the same apple that Hunter meant. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, I am from Argentina, and uh, our, our diet there is mainly, uh, you know, a lot of meat. Uh, uh, Sarah said, Rich, I, Rich just made a video the other day where he ate, I saw him eat a Chick-fil-A. He has it. I mean, he didn't pig out on it, but he had a little, little Chick-fil-A. Oh, he, he loves Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I remember the first time I came here, he told me, hey, bro, I invite you for dinner. And I thought, well, we're going to a nice restaurant. And so he just followed me with the car, and I was following him. We went to the drive-in of Chick-fil-A, and he said to the, you know, to the microphone there, just get whatever the guy behind me wants, and I'll pay for it. And that, that was the first dinner. Each, each of us in our car eating Chick-fil-A. And Brian, you had Chick-fil-A already? They provided Chick-fil-A at the end of the athlete camp last workout today. God, that's so nice. Did you, you, was there sauce? Chick-fil-A sauce and a honey mustard sauce available. Good. That shit's unedible without the sauce. <laughs> it's too it's too dry. It gives me cotton mouth. Guys, I will have to leave you because I do have to do a shooter myself now from something that we are working a on. A shitter? You have to go to the shitter? 
shooting. I can shoot something like. Record. Oh shoot! Oh oh oh! Yeah. Shoot something! No, no, no. Okay. Uh, but um, I have to shoot something too. No no no. <laughs> and uh, but anyways, thanks for having me, uh, Ryan. Uh, call me when you're done. <laughs> so we go for dinner. Play again. Brian, uh, wait for that. Sevan, thank you very much. And the next time, if you want, um, we can make a tour through Mayhem so people see what it really actually, because you asked about the rooms and so on. I would love that. Okay, let's do that next time. I would love that. It's got to be, you got to set aside a couple hours. It's a big place. Yeah. All right, Facundo, very nice seeing you. Thanks for jumping thank on. Thank you very much, very guys. Good. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye. Uh, hey, th- that's going to make a great clip. Which? Uh, 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 some clickbait shit. What does, uh, what does Rich think about, uh, 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 Josh Medeiros, Justin Medeiros. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Medeiros, man. I need some fucking sleep. My brain is not working. I need some sleep. It's just the two of us. Okay. So, so how did you end up at mayhem? What happened? How do you, so you're at Wadapalooza and did you know when you went to Wadapalooza, you were going to go to mayhem? Yeah. Uh, I told you you could bring Patrick Clark on. I didn't mention Facundo. Should we? uh, I apologize. I guess we could trash the episode. (laughs) I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) Facundo Uh, needs to drop a deuce. Yeah. How did you end up? uh, How did you end up? um, Yeah. How did you end up? I don't know necessarily what the conversations are like between all those guys, but Facundo contacted me last summer actually and asked me if I wanted to come up here. While like the you know thirteen or fifteen games athletes plus their teams were training for the games, and between his kind of life schedule and mine, we just re- couldn't make it work. Um, and he said that's okay, we'll find another time. And then I don't know four to six weeks ago, he asked, he told me about this that they would be having several athletes come here following Wadapalooza for a little training camp and to get some you know face time with the coaches, some other athletes that are around the world and off site that would be in the United States. Obviously, they have a lot of athletes here on site as well. But I knew that it would be tough because it would be back-to-back trips. I mean, by the time I get back to work on Monday, I will have been gone 12 days. And wow. It's, I don't That's a long time. Yeah, and I don't necessarily like asking off that many days in a row from work. So I spoke to my boss there, and he's like, yeah, man, that's a that's a great opportunity. Like, you got to take that. So he was very generous in that regard. I said, Facundo, yes, I would love to come. And didn't necessarily know what I was uh, getting into on the training side or media side. I didn't know all the athletes that would be here, but I just uh, came with an open mind and tried to embrace the experience. Um, there, There's this just crazy lack of pretension from these people. What do you mean? Uh, um, notoriety is a hard thing to deal with because you start to act different. It's like when it's like I am not when this camera goes when I hit the go live button, this isn't like I I, I sense a different Sevon hmm. than the Sevon that's will go away as soon as I hang up. You know? And uh, and, yeah. and, and and those people um and, and what the, I guess that that change in me is, is it's like a little bit of pretend it's a little bit of what I don't let me look up this word before I fuck it up. Everyone's just so there's a comfortability. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I'll just say this about being here that it's 
I mean, attempt, sorry, pretentious, attempting to impress by affecting greater importance, talents, culture. Yeah. Like there's a piece of me that's trying to, you know, sit up straight, even if it's a subtle sit up straighter, not breathe through my mouth, um, bring some energy, even if it's fake. Like, but I never get that. Like those people have been in the spotlight so long at Mayhem. You don't get that. You don't feel that from them. If they're doing it, they're so good at it, especially Rich, right? I think it all stems from him is that he's very authentic. Like the way he interacts with his family, with his dog, with his training, with the other, um, you know, athletes that are around here and have been around here for a while. It doesn't, nothing's forced. Everything's just kind of natural. And I, I think that there's definitely a, a level of respect that everyone has for him and the culture that he's created. But because of those characteristics that he has, everyone feels a little bit more comfortable just being their authentic self too. And I genuinely think he wants people here that are, that way that are not, um, you know, like he doesn't want the person here who's going to always be 10 feet away from him, pretending that they don't know they're 10 feet away from him. Right. Right. Well, That's I would you. do it. So, I would do it so good. He <laughs> wouldn't even know. Hey, Oh, and, and, and I've heard them say, um, I, I think I've heard rich say stuff like, uh, he, 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 one of the reasons maybe why he's a homebody and one of his things he's most proud of about the mayhem empire is that it's people with like values. And yeah, one of the elements of the of the camp this week, they had Jim Hensel come in and do a little. I talked about what mayhem mindset is and how he got involved with that here. <clears throat> Funnily enough, he doesn't really like the word mindset; he prefers mental conditioning. But I, I personally have had a big eye-opening year this year in terms of how critical. Well, I like that term actually, mental conditioning is for athletes in CrossFit because. You know, there, there are some athletes here that I've gotten a chance to talk to that I haven't known too well. And they they know like they remember small things that made a big difference in their last competition, whatever it was. And the, what you do when those things happen in competition is critical in terms of, I mean, in some cases, their entire career in this sport. So what Jim has been able to do here and build up with Rich First and then many of their, of their other athletes is address life circumstances, figure out what the most important values and identities and routines, those are the things that he talks about in their life are so that they're capable of dealing with uh, maybe unexpected or less than optimal circumstances on the competition floor. And he thinks that if you're not really dialed in outside of that, that you're going to have a lot more difficult time dealing with those circumstances in competition. Yeah. Have you, did you have it sitting through that? Have you had any insights about your own life? Like in that short time there being with all these great people, are you like, Oh, these are some things I'd like to tweak. Have you tweaked some thought? Have you been moved by the experience? I feel really fortunate that I had uh, some struggles early in my life that, I, that forced me into that environment when I was, you know, 19 through 23 or four years old. I think that time can often be, a time that young men in particular stray far away from their values and identities. And then they have to come back to it. Um, during that time is when I really sought out trying to have some guidance and then understanding what that meant for me. And I think it's allowed for me to deal with difficult circumstances, not necessarily in, in a competition setting, but just in my life in general over the last decade or so. And having that little conversation there or hearing him have that conversation with us was uh, I kind of am, am thinking, you know, it might be a good time for me to check back in with some of those things that I 
learned and, and had applied to my life a decade or so ago and see how I feel about them now, or if maybe there are some things that I would like to reevaluate in terms of my most you know important uh, pillars for trying to live a good life or, or values. You have those like thought out? Yeah. I spent maybe five years, what I call gathering or accumulating information and then decided that I wanted to do something with it, uh, you know, synthesize it into something that made sense for me that was succinct and, and impactful. And so I did that, I don't know, 2012 or 13 and have been basically trying to apply those principles since then. Do you have it written down? It's, it's written somewhere. Yeah. It's formalized like that. Yeah. Have you ever shown it to anyone? Yeah, but not very many people. Anyone you're not related to? Yeah. Anyone with a vagina? Yep. Wow. Um, uh, has anyone come up to you while you're at Mayhem? Uh, that's just a little bit of foreplay of a podcast that Brian and I have uh, coming up. Everyone settle down. So everyone get back in your seats. Everyone was like getting out of their chairs for a second, standing on their chairs. Um, uh, has anyone come up to you, Brian, and been like, Hey, I didn't appreciate you putting me at this ranking or, Hey, I heard what you said about me. Okay. And, and, and if someone has, or some of them, you're like, fuck, I don't even remember what I said. Patrick's here, as you know, and he has been going around and talking to many of the athletes while we've been working out or in between sessions. And he's asked them, uh, questions along those lines. I know he was telling me that, that he had and showed me some of the stuff last night. Um, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll have some uh, content in regard to that to, to put out there at some point. Is it um, that what, what Rich was saying about you, um, you told an athlete, hey, this might not be the best environment for you. Did you really say that to an athlete? <laughs> not that it wouldn't be the best environment. That I thought in this case that that person had two really good options. And um, for so me, you're poaching like, people from the Mayhem Empire to other camps, kind of. But you're a poacher. No. Oh. I mean, it's very easy, you know. So, like, coming here and training with these two dozen athletes or whatever, I could easily, you know, now I have the proximity bias that we often talk about. Or if you spend time all the time training with Ricky, you think he's the best in the world. But if you just spent the same amount of time training with Roman, you probably think he's the best in the world. Right. And same thing with Pat and same thing with Brent and same thing with whoever these athletes are. Well, so, so I could, co- you know, I could come back from here and just move everyone that I've spent this time with up five to 10 spots on my power rankings because I just spent two weeks with them. But that would be me assuming that all these other people that I thought were slightly better than them before have been doing nothing for this period of time, which is obviously not true. On the flip, on the other side of that, there's some athletes here that I spend time with. And then I realize the things that have been holding them back, they're not even physical things. It might be a mental thing. And then I also have that mayhem mindset class. So I know, well, if they're here more regularly, they may have more opportunity to address those things. And perhaps the season could end up being a lot different for them, not necessarily because of the training, but because of some of the other things that mayhem offers here. In, in the case of this particular situation, I had not spent any amount of time training in either of those environments. And so I was coming at it with a you know blind perspective or double blind perspective in that regard. And I thought that um, there might, like Rich said, I thought there might be a more limited opportunity for the alternative option than for training at Mayhem. I feel like Mayhem has established a very 
consistent thing here and that even if rich is you know never competes again that he still has will have a presence here and will continue to build a community here that uh there will be an opportunity for people to come train here in terms wait, of wait wait there's no audio wait wait what uh, what what no you can't lose both oh good i hear just fine thank you Kenneth, are are you uh, Kenneth? Are you up to speed on the show though? Maybe something happened. Maybe maybe you're back. Are you up, Kenneth? Say yes if if you're if you're. I'm, it's back. God damn it. Okay, sorry. Okay, go on. Yeah. So so you were talking about Rich and there, and regardless, you think this will be a place for athletes to change, regardless of his status. Yeah, and I mean, if 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 Rich retires from competing in CrossFit. Um, from what I've been able to gather this this week, at least, it doesn't seem like he's not taking an interest and investment in the mayhem athletes that are a part of their community. Like he 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 wants to continue to have a, an influence on them, on their teams that will be competing, on the individuals, especially that are here on site. And in some ways, now that I'm thinking about it, that might even be more valuable, you know, because he will. You know, he'll have a, a one less distraction in terms of his own competitive pursuits for a year that he can invest a little bit more in some of the, you know, top athletes, whether they be team or individual that are here with him every day. God, it sure would be fun to, uh, to, to know what that looks like. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I think about <clears throat> like Matt Fraser has made a very clear decision to remove himself from competition and enter into the realm of coaching. Right. What I've seen here with Rich is that even though he doesn't necessarily declare himself as a coach is, is that he is coaching in some regards, the athletes that are here and it might be really subtle and it might be really short cues or, or commands or observations, but he's watching what's going on. You know, it's uh, I, I don't really know if he was watching me or not this week, but I heard what he said about me is that I made good decisions in terms of scaling options to find the intended stimulus, which is what I was trying to do. The fact that he said that makes me think that he is in fact being observant of everyone who's training mm. here this mm. week. And it may be a more, you are observant of his observance. <laughs> yeah. And he, maybe he's paying a li- even a little bit more attention than I realized. I was going to ask you, um, I got so excited that you were being observant about his observance. <laughs> Everyone just take a deep breath and let my mind settle. It's never a bad idea. Oh, here it is. I got it. I got it. I, I enjoy the parts where I forget what I'm going to say and it gets really uncomfortable. It's my show. There'll be as much silence as I want. This is an athlete camp of sorts. Is it also a media camp of sorts? Are there other people there besides you and Patrick Clark from the outside world? No. Just you. You were the only observer. So, okay, so this isn't some sort of like, okay, guys, we're going to let the ding-dongs in for a week. Everyone, like, make sure you flush the toilet and, like, don't piss on the seat. It's just you and Patrick. Yeah, and I asked if Patrick could come because I knew that he would be able to help me out a lot in terms of telling the story about what happened here. You know, he has a lot of uh, equipment, and 
he's good. You know, like I said, he's pretty good at talking to the athletes and, and having some good conversations with them. Um, and that's, I would say that's not necessarily my, my best skill set. And, and, and both of you work for Barbend. Yes. So it's kind of a slam dunk, no brainer. He, and he was your homeboy back at the morning chalk up. Yeah. We've worked together for several years now. Okay. So it makes sense. And so, so you were going to mayhem and you're like, yo, Patrick, you want to come, but it's not some sort of like media. There's well, not I a asked media. Facundo if it would be okay. Okay. And, and, and so you asked Facundo, but it's not, this is not like some sort of media event thing too. No mayhem's media was out there capturing a lot of good stuff. They said they'd have something coming out uh, middle to end of next week, which I'll be excited to see. Uh, and other than that, it was, and Patrick only came here. For, uh, he was here. He got here Friday morning. So he's been here about half the time that I was here. And in that same way um, that you offered, you said, Hey, I'm going to be in mayhem. Let me know if you want to do a podcast. So in the same way that you uh, asked if Patrick could be here, you asked if I could be here. Yep. Very good, dude. You you weren't uh, you're okay. All, all rising tides float all ships. You weren't afraid that Patrick and I were going to steal your thunder. Not at all. Oh, you're a good, dude. Shit. All right. Uh, how many articles uh, do you think you're going to write from this? You, one, two, three. You've been inspired to write some stuff. Well, let's. I put that poll up on Instagram yesterday. Did you see it? Uh, no. I asked. If I should write an article about my time here, there were uh, 1,166 votes for yes and 46 votes for no. For what? For if what? If I what should write question? an article about if I should write an article about my experience in Cookville. Oh, anyone who said no is a, a, a moron. <laughs> that was an I. He didn't really care what your answer was. That was an IQ test, and 48 of you failed. Uh, it's, Sevon, in all seriousness, it's pretty cool that Rich continues to come on here. You're telling me. And, and along with his crew, he wouldn't do it if he didn't like you and your team. Dude. Uh, all right. Yes, and I can't even tell you what, what it means to me. It's really cool. Uh, and, and It's not just Rich, too, although, trust me, that's it's like um, I will be on a high for the rest of the day because of that. But it's even just my relationship with Brian or Patrick or the people who trust to make comments in the show. I can't believe... Yeah, it, it means the world to me. It really does. All these people. Uh, Judy Reed, why are Ariel and Jorge there? I know training, but are they mayhem athletes? I didn't think so. Yeah, she won. I, I have that question too. Like, yeah, of course, obviously they're there training, but why? Like, in in the most sinister way, like, why allow them in there? They're, you know, if they're like um, Jorge's Invictus and, uh, and um, Ariel is just a regular affiliate, she's a peasant. She just trains at an affiliate. <laughs> why are they allowed at um invictus at mayhem uh, at mayhem yeah <laughs> i think in both cases there was an organic relationship that developed i know that um rich and jorge competed against each other in italy earlier this year oh that's right they also have some they hot background. tub together they hot tub together at the hotel that's what i was gonna say they have some similar backgrounds in hot tubbing together Yes. No, they both, I think, were, were baseball players. Yes. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I think Rich invited, uh, you know, said, you know, we'd love to have you out here at some point. Uh, I know that Jorge is considering pursuing an ind individual career probably after this season. And, he, you know, this, as far as I know, there's there aren't very many. I mean, there may be this year, actually, because I think it's possible that Danny Spiegel 
maybe Chandler Smith, that so Invictus might have some individual athletes, but they've been mostly focused on the team stuff for the last several years. And I think uh, Jorge just, I don't think he was, you know, it's, it's, it, uh, it's kind of like what happened with uh, Bar Bend for me. I wasn't necessarily looking for something else. But the opportunity came. I decided to look into it a little bit. I liked what they were offering. I think Jorge found a, you know, good, good, just camaraderie with Rich in Italy. Rich said, hey, come out and check it out while we're doing sometime. And Jorge said, yeah, I think I'd like to do that. I think it's really wise. You know, it's like uh, when I graduated college, I didn't think about what I was going to do when I graduated college. All of a sudden, college just ended and I had nothing to do. Mm -hmm. But I have other friends that were much more forward thinking and they were like six, 12, 18, two years out. They were already having internships that would set themselves up for jobs and trying to create the next path for themselves. So I think Jorge is just here looking at what it's like here. And is this something that I might like to do remotely or here on site when I do make the switch to be an individual competitor? You know, Brittany Weiss is here with him. Uh, they were in Wadapalooza together. So she also, I think, has some in the back of her mind, some aspirations of potentially competing as an individual eventually. So maybe she's thinking similarly. And I can't remember exactly what Ariel said. Do Brit oh, that would be cool to see Brittany Weiss standing next to, uh, uh, uh brain is struggling to oh it's fucking it's wrecked bail what's her name bail christy bail. bail god damn it bailey rail chris crit what what britney weiss and bailey rail that those aren't easy i'm gonna give myself a pass <laughs> you're massaging that <laughs> space heater like it's a dog <laughs> it's fucking cold here it's fucking cold it was 36 degrees this morning although it's sunny now and i'm gonna go to the skate park in like two minutes okay yeah and, actually, and, and, and i've been burning the candle greg's in town so i've been like trying to spend as much time and as late as i can with him and my mornings with him and then and then all day with uh the kids and so i, I just have no sleep i know i need a carrot i know and, and you carved out 90 minutes for us thank you so yeah no, but, uh, uh, you know. Well, I only well. do podcasts when I'm bored. Someone's like, "Hey, someone, you shouldn't do podcasts just if you're bored, you asshole." Like, do I? Was it Kenneth again? I don't know who said it. They were trying to be nice. I, I, I regret it every time I start to like ask for advice from the, from, from the audience, and they start saying shit like that. No, I don't. I don't know if I'm doing that. That's a good question, Bruce. Am I going to Arizona next month? I don't know. Okay, so uh, so that was a good answer in regards to Jorge and Ariel, and, and, and it's in, who wouldn't want if you're a competitor who wouldn't want to go to Mayhem? It's a friendly place. They're open. They kind of have their doors open uh, after Wadapalooza. It may get a little tighter around there uh, as you get closer to the games. But the, but the, hey, were you there when Ariel met uh, Hillary Froning? Did you get to see those two first meet? That'd be kind of cool to see that. Uh, I, Hillary was around last night. That was the first time I'd seen her. We had they had smoked a brisket the previous night and uh, through the day and so a bunch of people. I didn't know you could smoke brisket. Me or in general? Just in general. I thought you cooked it. <clears throat> smoked it, cooked it, whatever they did. And so last night we had a brisket dinner. Hillary was there with some of her friends. I didn't see a initial interaction between her and Ariel. No. Because I think they'll get along great, marvelously. Yeah, I don't know. but there, there were a lot of people there, so sorry I didn't see that for you. Don't act like you don't love us. I love you guys. I love you guys. Even even those of you who um, get under my skin, I know it's my – I let you – I put you there. No one crawls under my skin. I put you there. All right. I have to pee. I'm not, maybe that's why I'm not thinking clearly. 
Uh, Brian, any any other um, memories or stories you'd like to tell that you're just like, wow, that was. Uh, I'll write an article just about some of the um, the workouts and the lessons that I learned from them. Mm-hmm. I think that it might be a good way to summarize some of the things that happened here. <clears throat> I was impressed with uh, Facundo's in-person coaching. I had not really got a chance to see him do that before. I was impressed with uh, Jake Lockard, who communicated as often as Facundo did the intent of, of the workout and the camp as a whole. I'd but, love to see Facundo in action, by the way. That's so cool that you mentioned that. Let's talk about that again some other time when I don't have to pee so bad. Yeah. So those two I thought made a really good team in terms of running and facilitating this. And um, I was o- just overall impressed with the the entire environment and uh, the way that everyone approached. I mean, there's some challenging things that these guys were doing girls were doing and uh i thought everyone handled it very well and with a lot of grace and hard work so it was a very positive experience for me ladies and gentlemen brian friend and uh patrick clark to his side and uh facundo and rich froning and scott vandersloot all made a appearance on this wonderful saturday afternoon podcast uh thank you what a special treat we got we will see you guys soon Bye bye